Good morning, everyone. We're going to have a time of worship uh, just at the at the end of the message as well this morning. Um, Pastor Chris and Lisa, thanks so much for uh, doing everything you do. They were a big part of the marriage weekend. And it's true. A lot of people, I'm looking around, you're way more in love, those of you who are back. And, and it's beautiful. I We played this one game where the wives had to kiss the husbands on the cheek with lipstick. And whoever's cheek was the reddest uh, with lipstick uh, won the contest. So Heather went and kissed me. She This side, yeah. She kissed me on this side. And the lipstick was pink. So she's, oh, that's no good. That's not going to show up. So she went in her purse and she took out a tube of lipstick and drew some lips on the side of my cheek. At that point, I was so in shock. I just, I bailed out of the game. I ran to the, the, the men's room to, to look at how bad the damage was. And I, I, so I began to get some paper towel and rub my cheek and it wouldn't come off because it, it, it just, and it kept going and going. And eventually I realized I injured myself. <laughs> So you didn't know that you could injure yourself at a marriage weekend, uh, but it was a great one and we're, we're, we're doing well and uh, I'm looking for some more kisses. Uh, I also will say today that today's, I get to do this because I'm up here, but it's my wife's birthday today. Should we do it? Should we do it? Okay, ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday oh to Heather. Come on, let's just show her some love. That's what you get to do, right? That's what you get to do. Awesome. Well, this morning we're starting, we're diving into a new series. This is a four-week series uh, through the month of November. We're calling it Above and Beyond. Uh, Above and Beyond. How many know that God is able to do it? He's able to go, to do exceedingly and abundantly. Let me read this scripture. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond. Come on. All that we ask or think according to the power that works in who? us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I want to just show you and, and remind you that he's able to do above and beyond because he's a powerful God. But he's able to do it and how he chooses to do it is in us. He works in us. To, to do these great exploits, to do the things that he calls us to do. And on Vision Sunday, a couple of months ago, I, I shared with the congregation a God-sized vision that he has called us to corporately as we move into our future and as we look ahead to the growth of our city and the opportunity for the gospel. And we're so thankful that we're in a season of fruitfulness and harvest and people coming to Christ and baptized and But we know that there are so many yet to hear the good news of of Jesus, the the gospel. And so as a church, we are positioning ourselves in a vision that I shared over a year ago 
of reaching, our continual mandate to reach people with the, the gospel, to revitalize ministry right here in this location. And as you look around, you see some paint and and there's some uh, you know different things going on in the building. You'll see some uh, fresh staging and some seats. By Christmas Eve, friends, invite all your friends. We're going to have brand new seats in this place. It's going to be great. So we're going to have a big celebration around Christmas. And so part of that's the building revitalization, but also the ministry and the outreach to our, our community, uh, the relaunch of Alpha, the, the children's ministry, and, and, and the reaching um, parents and moms in this community on Thursdays as they drop in with their kids. And we're just, we're all about reaching and we're all about revitalizing that ministry and that, that health and that vibrancy. And we're also about looking to the future. And the, and the other part of our vision is that we do feel that God has called us to reproduce, to actually set a, another anchor campus uh, in the south of our city, which is the growing uh, edge of our city, one of the, the main growing areas. And so we are prayerfully discerning what that looks like in property. And, and we'll be learning more about that as the weeks go by. Uh, at the end of this series on November 25th, do you remember that Christmas is on December 25th? But we're having what we're calling Above and Beyond Sunday on November 25th. And at the conclusion of this series and and on that Sunday, we're trusting God and we're believing God for uh, the response of of all of us as God calls us to step out in a position of faith and generosity and excellence that we would lean in with the purposes of God to partner with what God is calling us in. And as we respond, as the people respond, then we are able to see God do above and beyond our wildest imagination. I mean, the vision that God's called us to is a big vision and it will have to be God, but it will have to be all of us as well leaning in. So I want to encourage you to begin to pray about what that would look like. We're asking our congregation to prayerfully consider bringing uh, an offering, a sacrificial offering that day that will seed into the vision, vision 100, uh, that will move us into the five priorities that I shared on Vision Sunday. And, and I'll be sending you uh, a letter in the, in the next week or two that will outline um, a, a brand new website. It'll show us a, a brand new website with all the information of, of those goals and those above and beyond initiatives that we're moving in for the year ahead. But it's an opportunity for you just to begin to prayerfully consider what it may look like for you to bring a gift that day to sow into the vision of First Assembly uh, above and beyond your regular giving, your regular tithes and offerings. And so we're trusting God that day that we're going to be able to uh, come together and, and then trust him over this next year to, to meet these uh, goals that will really be the launching pad for the next place of taking a step forward in our, in our big picture vision for the future of our church. Uh, First Assembly, I've mentioned this, but we are 91 years old. And we are looking great for 91. We're healthy. We're, we're happy, right? And we're, we're excited and we're full of faith. And, and I'm excited because Abraham and Sarah, they didn't get started until their 90s or even 100 years old. They didn't even get started. Don't, it's never too late to step into the destiny of God. And that's what we feel as a church. We just feel like it's, it's, it's our time and this is our season, our opportunity. That the, the best days are, are the, the rest of our days. The, the best days are yet ahead for our city, for the kingdom. And, and we're about generosity and we're about reaching people for Christ. We're about partnering with other Bible-believing, Jesus-preaching, gospel uh, churches in our city to, to get the harvest. It's not all through First Assembly, but friends, we have to do our part. We have to obey and lean into what God's calling us to, to step into by faith. 
And he's able to do above and beyond what we can ask or imagine in our wildest dreams. He's able to do it as the people respond. And so we're positioning our hearts prayerfully. We're going to do a week of prayer and fasting uh, coming up uh, really soon in a couple of weeks as we're in this month as well. And we'll be telling you more about that too next Sunday. But uh, it's exciting what the Lord has called us to together. And so if you're brand new, you're new to church here today, uh, I want you to know that we're going somewhere together in Jesus. I want you to know that we're about reaching lost people because Jesus loves people. One of the ways we express our vision at our church is loving all people to Jesus. We believe if we can love people and share the gospel and word and deed, that God does the heavy lifting in their lives. He did it in my life and he did it in your life. So many of you in this room, God did the work. It's his spirit. Uh, he, he's the one. It's God who works in us. Isn't that so true? And so we just trust God that as we position our hearts in faith and with a spirit of excellence, and we do what the Lord has called us to do together. And we all do our part. It's not about the amount that we give on this uh, Sunday coming up or above and beyond Sunday. It's not about equal amounts. It's about equal participation. It's about equal sacrifice. We can all do something. And as we all do something, we're going to see a miracle. And we get to partner with the miraculous in this miracle offering for our own lives as well. And so that's coming up. It's exciting. And uh, it's going to be great. So this morning, I want to speak to you on what it means and how we can develop a spirit of excellence in our lives. Because I believe that excellent giving and excellent generosity and excellent living, it starts with a spirit of excellence that, that we choose this heart, this position, this attitude in God, and he empowers us by his spirit to move to another level in our lives of excellence so I want to start by reading Philippians. And I'm going to just be jumping to a few different scriptures today. You can follow on the screens. But Philippians chapter 1. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi. And, and this is kind of a prayer for, for them. And this is what he says. He says, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you, may, uh, uh, that you may approve the things, look at this, that are, what? Excellent. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. So this is Paul's prayer for these people, these people that were so dear to his heart in this church in the city, ancient city of Philippi. He's saying, I pray that you would just get a hold of this, that you would have discernment, that you'd have understanding, uh, and, and all encompassed as love abounds and love overflows, that, that you would prioritize the things that matter and you would live well in love. You would live well with knowledge and discernment because knowledge and discernment encompassed in love moves us into an atmosphere of excellence. This is what he's praying. This is what he's saying. If you, if you look at this scripture, and you can just put it back on the screen again, you'll see these, these words. Uh, that there's knowledge. There's, there's, there's discernment. Uh, and, and these things, that, that they would be abounding still more in these things and still more in love. And that context of, of, of being a loving people, a loving church, who by wisdom, by discernment, and by knowledge, we are laying a hold of a spirit of excellence in our lives and for our church. And excellence, it's derived from the word excel. It means doing 
more than what's expected. It means going, rising above, beyond, you know, what everybody would expect. Because it's easy just to do the average thing. It's easy just to blend in and just kind of, uh, you know, be average. And in many ways, friends, we are just kind of ordinary people saved by grace. It's very true. But you know, with the spirit of God living inside of us, working inside of us, working in us corporately, there's a supernatural anointing, a dynamic that happens and takes place in the life of a church, in the life of believers. And being part of this assembly is powerful because it impacts and affects your life. As you participate, not just come to church, but as you participate in the life of the body of Christ, it's alive, it's living. And what happens is the spirit of God that is at work corporately in us, it rubs off on our lives. And as we move forward in a spirit, in a revelation of of faith and, and excellence and stepping out into his purposes, it rubs off on each other. We, we pick it up. It's a, there's a grace that God pours upon his people corporately and it impacts our lives personally. And yes, we are ordinary, but we serve a supernatural God. And, and we live in a dynamic and a realm where miracles are expected as, as we operate in faith and as we step in to all these things that he calls us in by faith. It says in the Bible that Daniel was a man with an excellent spirit. It says that Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes. I love, I love this. He was preferred above the presidents and the princes because, look at this, an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. You see, what happens when you have an excellent spirit, it moves you into a place of of promotion in your life. An excellent spirit is, it's it's a place where people will recognize in you that there's, there's an excellence about who you are and how you live your life. And what it is, is it's a manifestation of the work of the Spirit of God in you. But you and I have a choice daily to, to lay hold of that. We, we have a choice, though, to choose to respond to the Spirit. The Spirit's alive. He's, he's working in us. He's convicting us. He's speaking to us. He's helping us. How many are thankful that God's our helper and he's comforting us? And, he's, and even by his grace, sometimes we find ourselves in a place where we're like, wow, God, you're so good. How did I get here? This is amazing. Thank you, God. I've, man, I don't deserve this. And it's true, you don't. But there is a way as we walk in the spirit to partner with the work of the spirit in our lives. And what that produces is an excellent spirit. And Daniel had this excellent spirit. Remember, he was 15 years old and him and some of the the elite from Jerusalem were captured by the Babylonians and taken back under the King Nebuchadnezzar. And they were trained in this college, this school, and to learn all the ways and the, and, and the traditions and all of the knowledge of Babylon, ancient Babylon, which was a, at that time a highly uh, occultic, highly technical, highly advanced, educated culture. And they were trained in all these things. And they were given the, the king's delicacies. Uh, they were given a menu. Even they had certain things that they had to eat. Kind of like, you know, the, the triathlon runners or whatever. The Cirque du Soleil. Did you know that they, you know, have certain diets that they follow? They have to eat, you know, chicken at this time and broccoli at three o'clock. And they have to drink this many glass of water. They, they, they're on a regimented kind of a disciplined diet program. And they had him and, and these other Hebrew boys that we find in the book of, of Daniel. And they were uh, trained up in the ways of Babylon. But it says that 
these Hebrew boys that they were 10 times better than any of the Babylonians who were being trained in the same college, eating the same food, you know, doing all the same things. And they did choose different food. They chose to, to honor God, not by eating meat sacrificed to idols and, and not by drinking the wine sacrificed to idols. But there was an excellence about them because it came, it welled up from inside of them. It was through knowledge and, and discernment and understanding and, and, and understanding the things that are most important, like Paul's prayer saying, you've got to understand and get a revelation of what these things that are most important and, and then let the spirit of God just manifest them in your life and then live out this life in this, in a spirit of excellence. And Daniel was this kind of man. Someone with an excellent spirit will excel in pleasing God. This is kind of one of the big ideas this morning. Someone with a spirit of excellence will excel at pleasing God. And the Bible calls us to find out what pleases the Lord. Carefully determine what is that. It's it's part of living with a spirit of excellence that we determine these things. And as we grow in Christ, we ask God to produce this in us, this attitude. My dream for us at First Assembly is that we are a people. Not that we're a perfect people. We all make mistakes. But that we don't just settle for average in any area of our lives. I mean, we have a choice. We could just, well, we're just average people, average Canadians. And that sounds all humble and everything. But when God has called us to more and we settle for average, we're actually living in disobedience. We're actually living in a place of, I mean, God still loves us. We're still going to heaven. You know, we're still going to get up to heaven and see some angels and string some harps and eat some cream cheese. It's still going to be all good, you know, whatever we're going to do in heaven. But there's more. There's more for your marriage. That's why we do marriage retreats out in Banff. Part of it's a lot of fun. Get kissed on the cheek by my wife. You know, have some good food, meet some new friends. It's awesome. But it's because we value marriage. We want our marriages at First Assembly to be excellent. So we invest. We, we, want, we want our families at First Assembly to be excellent. We want to have excellent children's programs. That's why we, we bring on the team excellent children's workers and excellent children's pastors and leaders. That's why we value. That's why we invest as a church. And as we give in our offerings and our tithes weekly, it's so that we can do things well and do things excellently to represent Christ in our city. We excel at at finding out what is it that pleases God. Excellence starts with an attitude. It starts with, in your own mind, the Bible says that we should have the same attitude as as Jesus, the excellent one, Jesus, (laughs) to have his attitude. Excellence should affect the physical realm around us. Not that, not that we can't just you know, enjoy things kind of the way they are, but one of the reasons why we are investing in new seats in our sanctuary. It's, it's for you a little bit because you'll be more comfortable in a couple months. But it's mostly for people that are not in this building yet. So that we can offer more opportunities, more services. It'll add a little bit more seating uh, to this room. It will, it will provide a place of excellence. We'll be able to host more conferences. We'll be able to open it up to the community for more events so we can get more people in here experiencing relationship with people. It's all about, it's all about people. 
It's all about reaching people and loving people, but, but, it, but you got to do it with excellence. Because as you do it with excellence, you actually, listen to this, you get rid of distractions for people and they, they, they're allowed to, they, they can see Jesus more clearly. You know, you come into the church and, you know, you know things are, walls are falling apart and, and things are messy and, you know, it's distracting or, you know, things, whatever. But when things are excellent, people just, they, they're able just to focus. That's why we believe in excellence in our, our worship and our music and, and everything we do. And our, have we arrived? No, we got, we, we're still growing just like you are. Corporately, we're still growing and it's not about perfection, it's about honoring God with a spirit of excellence in our lives because Daniel had, and he was a man who had a spirit of excellence. In other words, everything he did, he did it well. He did it honoring God. He did it to serve God. And someone with an excellent spirit will excel in pleasing God. It starts with our priorities. It means we work hard. It means we work when nobody's looking. It means we stay late to do the job. It means we, we look into the details. We finish, we finish the things that matter. It means we, we, oh, it won't matter. It matters. When you have an excellent spirit, it matters. It, it matters when you go shopping and you get in the car and you look at your receipt and you realize that you didn't pay for that $1.95 little bottle of shampoo or toothpaste or whatever it was and that you actually drive back to the grocery store and you say, excuse me, I just purchased, I, I realized I, I walked out with a, a tube of toothpaste that I didn't pay for. I would like to make sure that you have my $1.95 because I didn't notice it on my receipt and I ended up with it somehow. It got checked through. And they will look at you, their, draw, their jaw will drop to the ground. They will look at you like, who in the world are you? Well, I just go to First Assembly. We, we, we walk in a spirit of excellence. We, we do things well. We do things right. We, 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 details matter to us. Those little things matter because the little things are the big things. Because they matter to God. Just think about how excellent our God is. Every little detail of our human body, every little fiber, every little thing that he has knit together. He has done it well. He does all things well. And so do you. And so do you. Because this is God's call for us. Thank you, Lord. So let me just help us with this. Just a few things, then we're going to worship because it's fun to worship God because he's excellent. He's worthy of our praise. How do we develop an excellent spirit? Get to know the excellent one. Do you know him today? Do you know Jesus? If you're here this morning at the end of the message and you don't know the Lord, you don't know Jesus in your life personally, he is the excellent one. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. This was Paul's prayer, his desire. He says, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them but dung that I may, w- that I may win Christ. He says, in other words, all the, the great things in this world and all the great things that this world has to offer, I count them as garbage. I count them as nothing. I mean, this world has some pretty neat things. There's some amazing things that we can experience. But Paul says, no matter how great and amazing all these things are on this earth, and they're beautiful, there's some incredible experiences that we can have. He said, I count all these things of earth as as garbage, as waste, as dung, in comparison to the excellency of knowing Christ. And so that first place that God calls us is to experience him personally. The excellence of knowing him. 
Daniel knew his God. That's why him and the Hebrew boys didn't eat the delicacies of the king. They wanted to honor God. And in that culture, they, they were given food and wine that was offered to idols and they chose not to. But they excelled, as I had mentioned earlier, they excelled in all these ways 10 times better than anybody else. Secondly, this morning, determine to rise above mediocrity in your life. So know the excellent one, but, but rise above mediocrity. What is mediocrity? Mediocre, it comes from uh, the Latin word that is mediocris. I'll, I'll give it a stab, mediocris. And what it, you know, here's what it means. It means halfway up the stony mountain. Mediocre means that we don't go all the way to the top. It means we just settle for kind of the middle. A number of years ago, I was speaking at a young adult retreat, and part of it was hiking up this mountain, one of the North Shore mountains uh, in, out in Vancouver. And so we started with a big group of young adults. We all g- gathered together at the base of the mountain. We're going to go for a whole day's hike. And I remember we got up to kind of this first clearing, and it was probably after an hour or two of hiking, and we could see the city, and it was great. But we hadn't reached the peak yet. We were only halfway up the mountain. And you know that there were a whole group, several people that just said, you know, that's it for me. We're just going to stay here. We're going to have our lunch. You guys can keep on going. And there was only 12 of us that actually got to the top of the mountain. I remember when we got to the peak and we could overlook the ocean and you could now see the harbor. You could see the whole city of Vancouver and you could see all the way across into the United States. And the view from that vista, that vantage point was so worth the hike. It, it was so worth it. And I remember we were standing up there. We began to pray for the city and pray over all the different buildings. And, and we were up there, you know, praying. And there were some hikers that were over here. And it's so quiet up there. And I remember we were up there praying. And we could kind of hear these guys whispering, like, what are they doing? What are they doing? We're just like, you know, praying for the city. And, and I, heard, I remember one guy, I just never forget it. He's like, oh, I think they're praying for the world, he says. <laughs> and we were. <laughs> we were. But the small group of us that got to the, you know, and when we came down to the retreat, person after person, what was it like up there? I've never been up there. And we were telling them all the amazing things that we could see and and the experience that we had. And, and everybody, you know, as much as they made their own decisions and probably wasn't the end of the world, you could kind of sense a sadness in them, almost a melancholy. Like, I wish I would have actually pushed through and got to the top. Mediocre just means that you settle halfway up the mountain. And God wants to root that spirit of compromise. And and listen, it doesn't mean that sometimes you can't just stay where you are or just take a break. Or I'm not talking about burning yourself out. But God desires for us to rise above mediocrity in our lives, especially with things that matter. Especially with things that have to do with honoring him. An excellent spirit in our lives will always recognize mediocrity and root it out. Especially when it comes to the things of the Lord in our worship, in our living, in our giving, in our growing in the Lord, in our going. That we don't just do things halfway. Our culture drifts towards mediocrity. It's so easy for us. Jesus talked about, I would rather you not be lukewarm. I'd rather you be hot or cold. But if you're in the middle, it doesn't really do any good. Water that's lukewarm, it's not really good for anything. Cold water is great. It's refreshing. Hot water is amazing. You can wash in it. You can boil water to a place. You can purify. Both cold and hot are good, but but right in the middle, it's it's not 
It's not very good for much of anything. And Jesus says to us, I'd rather you not be mediocre. I'd rather you be hot or cold. Mediocre is what's normally expected. Daniel and the Hebrew boys, they had a choice when they entered into that Babylonian culture. They could have just blended in and become mediocre students. Ate all the same food as everybody else. Did all this you know, pagan worship that everybody else did. But they chose a different spirit. They chose not to just blend in, but to infiltrate that culture. You see, listen to this. An excellent spirit sets us up to infiltrate a godless culture with the goodness of God. I'm telling you, an excellent spirit will open up doors and opportunities in a culture that right now doesn't know we exist. When we get excellent in our relationships, excellent in our business, excellent in our business practices, excellent in honoring God in all these areas of our lives, excellent as we fulfill to the best of our ability, not perfect, but a heart of excellence. It says, God, I live my life to honor you in my family, in every area of my life, in our worship, in our communication. And one of the dreams we have as we look at this South uh, property that we're, that we're working currently with a developer. We, we, we don't have it all in the bag yet, but we're, we're working. But we, we dream that God would enable us to not just have a, a place or a gathering where we would worship in the future in the South, but that we would be able to uh, create opportunity for business startups and business incubators and, and that we would be engaged in the culture, that we, would not, that we would do things with such excellence, that we would have a voice in our city. We would have opportunity, you see, because an excellent spirit will, will place you before leaders and, and place you before kings. It's not about you know, the amount of your education, although education's good. It's not about the, the, you know, the amount of smarts or knowledge that you have. Or it, It's about an excellent spirit and God promotes and, and he lifts up those with an excellent spirit. And it's not a proud spirit. It's a humble spirit because God opposes the proud. He gives grace. Excellence has nothing to do with pride. Excellence comes from deep love and humility. Like Paul's prayer for them. He says, I pray that I pray for you that in love, love will abound and humility will abound, but you'll have wisdom and you'll have knowledge and you'll have discernment to be able to move in a spirit of excellence. And Michael, I'm going to ask you to come because I need to land the plane because we got to worship today. Let's not settle for halfway up the mountain. It says that Caleb had a different spirit. When Moses, the Lord told Moses, send the spies, the 12 spies into the, into the promised land. It's flowing with, that's where I'm taking you. I'm taking you into the promised land. And, and, and the spies went there and they saw how big the people were and they saw how advanced they were and they came back. And out of the 12 spies that went, 10 of them says, there's no way we can do it. They're too big. It's too, we're, we're too little. We, we feel like grasshoppers. We're grasshoppers in our own eyes, they said. God wants to break that mentality off of your life that you see yourself as a grasshopper in your own eyes. That you see yourself as weak and helpless. 
God wants to work such a work by his spirit of humility and grace and power that you would begin to see yourself the way that God sees you, that you would root your identity in who you are as a child of God. And you are a co-heir with Christ. You are, you are a child of the King. You have authority. You, you have what God, everything it takes to, to live a life with, uh, of excellence. But, but it's just about choosing and it's about partnering with God to say, I want to be one with an excellent spirit. And I'm not going to see myself as less. I'm going, to see, I'm going to see that I can do it. Stop telling yourself your, 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 your negative talk in your head, the stories you tell yourself. Stop telling yourself those stories that you're negative, that you're not going to make it, that you're not good enough, that, that you know, God will use other people. Stop seeing yourself as a grasshopper in your own eyes. Because God is calling us as a church corporately to run into the future with a spirit and a heart of humility and grace and love and excellence. And to do all things well because he is worthy of everything we are. It says that Caleb had a different spirit. Caleb had a different, look at this verse, it's beautiful. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Come on. We can look to the future, you know. Here's the deal. This vision for our church is, is we're talking about it this month and above and beyond where we're going. This is not Pastor Ben's idea. I had, you know, maybe there's some people who are like, oh, maybe that's, what's your vision for the church? It's, it's actually not my vision. We, we believe our leadership has discerned together that this is God's vision for us to steward it's not my vision. It's not any man's vision. It's not any person's vision. We're simply as leadership trying to respond to the heartbeat of God for this local assembly and to fulfill everything that God has from the beginning in his heart for us to fulfill. I would rather just keep having nice services on Sunday, to be really honest with you. I, I, we have a great church. I love this church. I love all you people. Most of you people I love. You know, no, I'm just kidding. I love all of you. I love, most of you people I like, but yeah, I no, was kidding. Just kidding. Um, but here's the thing. I'd rather just kind of, it's great. We're in a good spot guys, but we are, we are responsible to the Lord as part of this house to discern like Paul's prayer. I pray you would discern. I pray you would, you would value as you abound in love that you would discern that you would have knowledge and wisdom to be able to honor the things and choose the things that are excellent towards fulfilling the fruitfulness, you see, because Paul then later he talks about the fruitfulness that takes place as you do that. And this is a response to say, Lord, we're, we're all in together. And I, I believe, friends, if uh, here's the thing too. I, I want to assure us as a congregation that as we step into vision, we're talking about property and buildings and all this stuff for the future. First of all, we want to keep this place. We're, we're going to keep doing ministry here. So don't worry. Don't freak out. Just if you like coming to this building and you got a seat, and you, you, we're, we see ourselves here in this location in the future, reaching people in our city for Christ. So don't, don't panic. But we also see uh, the South is a key opportunity. And as the people respond, we'll take a next step forward. 
And then we're going to set our, our targets a little higher and we're going to believe God for more. And then as, as, and then we'll say, okay, this year, you know, or this next season, here, here's our, here's our benchmark. Here's where we're going. And we're going to trust God together for this. And as with the people respond, then we'll step out in faith. So it's no pressure because it's God who works in us to will and to do his good pleasure. And as we respond with an excellent heart and an excellent spirit, I believe that we'll be able to face the future with excitement and joy, the harvest that awaits, the people, the families, the, we, we, we have to, we have to step in, in obedience and trust that God is about to do something above and beyond our wildest imagination. As we trust him, as we lean on him, as we do it together, there's no pressure for anybody. Somebody's like, oh man, we're doing a big offering at the end of the month. I don't know, you know what I can do. Can I just encourage you just to do something? Even that widow, she, she came and she just brought something. I, I remember, I never forget being in Eastern Europe and visiting a pastor and his family. They lived in one of these communist block apartments and, and me and another pastor, we showed up and we, they invited us into their little living room and they were dressed in their Sunday best. They, they had their, he had a suit on and she had her dress on and they, they had a brand new little cheap box of cookies that they had opened for us and they made us tea on their best china. I could tell it was their best china that they had. And they were so delighted and, and we had this beautiful time and, you know, and God, you know, blessed them and there were some good things happening in their ministry. But I remember just thinking to myself, they don't have very much at all, but they've brought their best. <laughs> it, it just, it humbled. It just, I just felt so humbled. And as I was eating their, their cookie, I thought, I wonder how long they worked to just buy this little box of cookies that in my North American mind, I just, oh, maybe I'll just throw them away because they're a little bit too old. But they brought their best. And, and I really believe that's what God's asking us to do. You say, I don't have much. But will you bring your best to the Lord as we enter into the future? Can you bring your best to the Lord? And I believe as we do that, we, we are operating in a spirit of excellence that honors God. I'd like to invite you to stand with me this morning and we're going to enter into a time of worship just for a few moments more this morning. If you're here this morning, maybe you just close your eyes and bow your head for a moment with me. And if you're here today and you would like to receive Jesus in your life personally, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus. If you're here today and you would like to say, I want Jesus to come into my life. I need my sins forgiven. I want to start brand new to follow Christ in my life. That I want to include you in a prayer this morning if you're here. So as I just look around, everybody's praying right now. But if you're here, would you just raise your hand and just hold it up until I can kind of see it and acknowledge you. And by raising your hand, you're saying, Pastor, would you just remember me in prayer today? I want to know that I'm right with God, that I'm going to heaven, that my sins are forgiven. I'm just looking around the balcony top. Just raise your hand and hold it up until I just can see you. If you're here today, I just want to make sure I remember you this morning. Okay. Thank you. So Father, you see these hands, these hearts that are raised to you in this moment. Father, I pray that anyone here today that would be calling upon your name in this moment, Lord, you would come and just flood them right now with your grace and your mercy. 
And if that's your desire to receive Christ today as your Lord and Savior, just whisper under your breath. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. I want to know you. Forgive me, God. Cleanse me. Today I put my trust in you. Thank you for making me brand new. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to ask God to, um, in this time of worship today, just empower us by his grace. If there's any areas of your life today that you would say, you know what, I've just settled for mediocrity. And, I, and I, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to grace me, to be able to operate in, in another level of excellence in my life, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in a pattern or a habit or a failure. You just feel like, I, you know, I want to do things well in this area of my life. I believe God will empower us today by his spirit. And as we choose, as we lean in to choose that spirit of excellence in our lives, individually and corporately, God will lead us into promotion. He will lead us into his future that he has for us and personally and as a church. And so we're trusting him to do above and beyond today. Amen. Would you just raise your hands with me today if you would like to, if you're comfortable to do that, just to reach out to him. Father, we just, sometimes we do feel like Daniel in Babylon. We feel like the Hebrew boys where the world, just the pressure seems to be pushing us towards blending in and just being like everybody else in a culture that doesn't know you. And, but God, today we choose like Daniel to worship you. We choose like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not to bow in mediocrity, but to, to stand in worship. And God, we thank you that you've called us to revelation. Give us revelation in our lives of the things that are most important, the things that are excellent. Give us knowledge and let us abound in love in all of our lives, God. Father, I pray that you would just begin to promote people this morning. I just believe that you're going to begin to promote people in their job, at their work, in their school. You're going to give them opportunity. I, I, I believe there's people in this room that will begin to stand before leaders and kings people in our city, influencers. Don't see yourself as a grasshopper. Don't see yourself as weak or less. Holy Spirit, I pray right now there, is gifts, there are gifts in this room that have been dormant. There are gifts on people's lives. There are callings on people's lives that have been dormant. And God, I call them forth today in Jesus' name not to settle for mediocrity, not to settle for halfway up the mountain, but we're going to go to the mountain of the Lord. We're going to go all the way. We're going to go where you call us to go today, God. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's just sing this as our prayer this morning. I give my whole life to honor you, God. I give my whole life to you, Lord, in Jesus' name.